Gracious God, as we gather here and we gather at home with the rain pouring down either place, we are gathered to learn more about you. We are gathered to center ourselves around you and around your word. As we listen to the prophet Nehemiah one last time, we finish his story strong. And as we gather in this place, help us to finish our stories strong. Help us to rebuild our walls here and at home. Help us to know your presence as we continue that new beginning. To pour your word into me and pour it out to all of us that we might hear whatever it is we need to hear today to be the disciple you called us to be. In Jesus Christ's name we pray, both here at home and everyone said together, no matter where they're gathered, they said, Amen. So I do invite you to follow along with the YouVersion uh, event and to see those notes and also that sneak peek of, of our next sermon series and more information about that as well. Two of the most respected leaders in Christianity were Billy Graham and Chuck Colson. Billy Graham's entire life can be summed up in two words. Character and integrity. His character remained above reproach. Reputation remained spotless. However, Chuck Colson's life came crashing down in the cover-up of his Watergate crimes. His wall collapsed into a cell and his gates burned down. But then he came back and rebuilt a life of character and conviction. And he left a legacy through his ministry, Prison Fellowship. Colson and Graham have one thing in common. They both finished strong. And as we now come to the sixth chapter of Nehemiah and end our lesson from the Nehemiah Code, many of us, like him, are seeking to rebuild something that has been broken. It's been a long journey for Nehemiah from leaving his creature comforts and security as the, his life as the king's cupbearer in Persia, where he first heard the report of the wall in Jerusalem need to be rebuilt so long ago and the burned gates, to now becoming the builder of broken dreams. Much has changed since that solitary midnight ride to survey the ruins, and the wall was now up. Nehemiah had the finish line in sight. All that remained now was to hang the gates. So at last the goal was in sight, and it said, Mission accomplished ahead. But OS warns us that this is the most dangerous point in any rebuilding process. This is where the enemy comes along with one final attempt to divert us from our goal. So, what did the enemy try first? to detour Nehemiah onto a side street. 
But Nehemiah kept his focus on rebuilding and replied to that temptation with a question. So then his enemies tried to regulate Nehemiah to the sidelines. But he remained faithful and he fired up another question instead. And in the end, one of the best things you could say about who Nehemiah is and was, he finished strong. And before we leave him and his story behind, he leaves a valuable lesson to learn about how we can finish strong. Say finish strong. That was pretty good in here. Say it again. Finish strong. I'm even better. You were good at home too. I heard some of you some real gusto there. And what are these two principles that keep echoing and whispering down through the course of history to us that he has to teach us about finishing strong. They are stay off the side streets, meaning keep focused, and stay off the sidelines, meaning keep faithful. So first, stay off the side streets. Stay on the main road is his lesson. You ever tried to find a shortcut? You know, we're going to get around everything. It's going to be a lot shorter. And you're going to be able to cut through around to get to somewhere else. And you go down the side streets not knowing what you're doing. And pretty soon you find yourself in a dead end or a longer line of traffic or something completely different. Stay on the main road. Don't get off on the side streets, he says. Keep focused. In chapter 6, Nehemiah's old Nehemiah Sanballat had returned on the scene. He had heard that Nehemiah had finished rebuilding the wall and all that was left was to hang those gates. So his enemies made one final attempt to disrail him. Verse 2, Come, let's meet together in the plain of Ono. They appeared to be offering to meet him halfway. But they're really seeking to trap him in his own strength of conflict resolution. How? By challenging him to sit down with them. They were saying, come on, Nehemiah. Time to practice what you just preached. Give in. Reach out. But Nehemiah was wise enough to know there's not a time to give in. Instead, it was a time to stand up, like we talked about last week. Stay off the side streets and finish the wall. So when they invited him, his reply was, no. Say no. Good. Say, say it. Yeah, that's a good one, Shelly. Give me even louder no. Give me, a, give me a really good no, like you really want. The no you've been saving up for so long to tell somebody right now. I want you to say it. No. You almost broke the camera. Careful there. No. Often when our wall is virtually complete, we are tempted to think that we are safe in the home stretch. Then some Sanballat comes by and tries to get us to go off down a side street. There's an easier way. Come join me. This is faster. And notice that Nehemiah's response to them came in the form of a question. Verse 3. I'm doing important work, so I can't come down. 
Why should the work stop while I leave it to come down to you? And despite this answer, Nehemiah's enemies persisted. They sent me a message like this four times. And every time I gave them a similar reply. Your enemies will persist too. But Nehemiah kept answering them in the same manner. But the fifth time, Nehemiah's enemies sent a letter stating this. It's reported among the nations and confirmed by Geshem that you and the Jews intend to rebel. That's why you are rebuilding the wall. According to these reports, you intend to become their king. Now, rumors generally have two distinguishing characteristics, OS says. They are nameless and they are shameless. You ever notice how the source of rumors never seems to be known? Why? Because most of the time they choose to remain nameless. Rumors are also shameless in that they are often exaggerated or maybe even might be outright lies. In this case, Nehemiah's enemies lied and asserted that his real motive was to be the king of Judah. This letter is no more than an attempt to divert Nehemiah's focus. Get him off on a side street before his task is completed. Remember, going out to fight the battle instead of rebuilding the wall? Stay out of the battle. Keep rebuilding. And as we tackle our own rebuilding projects, we too may be the target of rumors. OS says rumors should be dealt with in three distinct ways like Nehemiah did. First, Nehemiah refuted the rumor about him. Nothing that you say has happened. Next, he rebuked the rumor, saying, you are simply embedding this in your own heart. Then he simply prayed and referred the rumor to the Lord and left the rumors there. But now God strengthened me. So when rumors come into your life, refute them, rebuke them, refer them. Chances are at one time or another, we have or will find ourselves distracted by a side street. Several years ago when we were on vacation in eastern Kentucky, a great place to go, to go in Kentucky to go, we saw uh, Colonel Sanders and Corbin. Is that where it is, Corbin, right? Then we got to see the original restaurant. We got to see the duck house and Hazard. We got to go to the falls and all this stuff we're doing. And we're driving around and... There's this road that looks like it's a nice road that might be able to take us somewhere. And we go off on the side roads all the time and do things. Went off on the side road and just kept winding around, kept going up, going the wrong direction. The road got worse, kept twisting, had to decide whether they're going to turn around and go back or keep going forward. So we just kept forward, couldn't, no seal signal, so we couldn't see where it was. Just kept going and like going, will this road ever end? And I swear I heard dueling banjos at least once or twice. It was out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, we really, we went up high. Did we see it was high? It was, I was like, where are we going? Are we going around a mountain now? But life's like that, isn't it? Those side streets look so inviting that we're willing to get off on them and then we find ourselves in a worse place. When we finally came back down, we were like a mile back 
from where we started. It came right out back to the main road eventually, but it was a mile back further than we had started. And we were like, oh, well, that took us about an hour for no reason to go one mile. (laughs) But those side streets end up being paved with frustration. And too often they lead us to failure in our objectives. It can also happen in our marriages. Happens in our relationships, in our businesses. It can even happen in our church. There will always be a Sanballat who's trying to get us off the main road. So look at Nehemiah's response to his enemies once again. I am doing great work. I cannot come down. I'm doing great work. I cannot come down. So when the finish line is in sight, those little trips down delay or destroy our good work. And it's important also to notice that many streets don't always have a dead end sign at the beginning of them. It tells you they're not going anywhere. Until you get down there and find out, oh look, there's no more street. They're not marked with flashing danger signs. You see? And OS says not all side streets are bad. We've had some great side street journeys where we found things we never would have found otherwise. We're always looking for the biggest ball of twine everywhere we go. And believe me, there are lots of those kind of things out there in the world. May even be good, just not the best thing. And they deter us. In leadership circles, we are taught that good is always the enemy of best. Jim Collins. Stay focused. Second, stay off the sidelines. Stay off the sidelines and keep faithful. Say, keep faithful. Make sure you're still here. You're nodding off at home. Wake up. Wake up. We're still on. Anyone who's ever played on an athletic team doesn't like being on the sidelines. And Nehemiah has been overcoming all sorts of obstacles in his rebuilding project. First, there came opposition from the outside. Strike one. Then there came opposition from the inside. Strike two. And now, before he hits a home run by finishing his task... The enemy throws him a curveball that could be strike three. We know what happens when he hits strike three. You're out. They say in verse 10, let's meet together in God's house inside the temple itself. Now, if he had done that, Nehemiah would have been sent to the sidelines for the rest of his life, which probably wouldn't have been that long. But he was wise enough to strike out of their games and to stay faithful. OS says it's one side to get it's one thing to get off on a side street, it's something altogether different to be put on the sidelines in a game and out of the game. So when Nehemiah's enemies sought to lure him into a meeting with them inside the temple, that sounds like it's an okay thing, but it meant to go into the inner room of the holy place. And no one but the high priest was allowed to enter the holy room of the temple. So if they had dragged him in there, he would have been killed. Because you're not allowed to go in there. Either yourself or by force. Only the priest was allowed to enter. So Nehemiah was faithful though, and he recognized that was a trap. Because he was a man who lived his life and his authority under the word of God. 
He knew what they were trying to do. And so Nehemiah once again answered with a question. Should someone like me run away? Who like me would go into the temple to save his life? I won't go in. We all know of many people who got started right, but who, when the end was in sight, they were unfaithful. Or they made wrong decisions. Pastors, business professionals, politicians, everyday people who lost their way, who lost their focus and their faithfulness. Shanehemiah's question was rhetorical. He had no intention of fleeing. And OS says too many people today are fleeing, running away from life, running away from opportunities. Some of who have spent so much time rebuilding relationships, but they still end up fleeing them before the job is completed. Because it is much easier to run away than to stay and fix something. Remember the very beginning? It's much easier to build something than it is to rebuild something. But how we finish our race is what ultimately matters the most. And so we can finally get to consider Nehemiah's finish in verse 15. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elu. It took 52 days. And that's the biggest understatement of Nehemiah's life in one sentence. Now the interesting part is I learned just recently a section of that 2,500 year old Nehemiah's wall was found in, in Jerusalem located just outside the Dung Gate we mentioned before and the old city walls facing the Mount of Olives. This is actually Nehemiah's wall. Still standing. After all this time. But we never would have heard those words about him being finished if he had not run the race like he did. See, when we lose our focus and our challenge to remain faithful, we need to allow Nehemiah's question to resonate in our souls. Should such as I, a man or a woman, flee? Just to get out of something. And we, like Nehemiah, should answer with a resounding never. A no. A big no like we did earlier. Say no again, your big no. No. Never. We don't flee. We don't give in. We finish strong. We keep going on no matter what. And the interesting thing was that happened after the wall was completed... Verse 16, when the enemies heard of this, the wall being completed, all the nations around us were afraid and their confidence was greatly shaken. Why? Because they knew this work was completed with the help of our God. You see, they knew that God had been with them the whole time when they completed this work. And God's with us when we're completing our rebuilding Work as a church, as a family, as an individual. God is with us. Amen? You see, God did it. Nehemiah gave God the glory for it. It was not his own. See, there are some who trust God while they're climbing up the ladder to get to the top. But when they get to the top, then all of a sudden they're like, who God who? And they soon forget who got them there. But Nehemiah didn't do that. 
neither should we. Anything that happens here, anything that we're rebuilding here, it is because God is leading us to rebuild it. Step by step by step. You see, rebuilders finish strong in every area of their life. Whether rebuilding a home or a relationship or a marriage or a career or a business or a family. A church or anything else. Those who get the job completed have at least one characteristic always in common. And OS says that is finish strong. Say finish strong. Finish strong. We all know people who might have lost their faith for a while. But then they battled back. You know those stories. I watched a bunch of those kind of stories yesterday while I was watching game day. Some had gotten off on a side street. Others were put on the sideline. But they got back up. They got back into the race. It was pretty amazing actually to see all the ways that teams and schools and students and everybody, parents, were all trying to figure out how to play football and return that part of at least a little bit of normalcy. And i got to be honest with you, the games weren't that great. But seeing Lee Corso sitting in his pool on his floater in the middle of Florida... It was joyful. They figure out how to do it. Cheerleaders spread out through the stands, bands, everything. Parents got to watch their kids play at least. And who does it really matter about anybody else being in the stands but the parents who get to watch their kids and their family? We're supposed to watch it on TV. And so we got this story this past week from Terry Anderson who sent it to me and gave me permission to be able to share that with you. I've gotten several stories about rebuilding journeys during the course of this, and they're just amazing. They keep me going and writing those devotionals every day and, and working through that. It took a lot of time. And, and just being able to say, maybe somebody is reading this. Maybe somebody will be touched by it now or later. Who knows? But Terry Anderson shared this story and, and sent some pictures and some video. I'm not sure what all we're going to see, but Davis has got me covered up there. But I just want you to hear this story from Terry and Vern. It's been almost nine months since Rob, her son-in-law, their son-in-law, died under tragic circumstances during the Christmas season. Most of us have long since forgotten about that, but that family hasn't. In those nine months, Tracy, Terry and Vern's daughter, Rob's wife, has not been able to go back into their backyard. It's too many memories. It's also the place where she found Rob's body. And facing the backyard, the blinds on the windows in the living room and the kitchen have been closed all the time. Now, Rob had a green thumb and he had a beautiful backyard. He planted every tree and shrub. And Terry used to joke with Tracy saying that in trying to get to the swing set in the back, the girls were going to have to wear helmets because of all the trees and the shrubs. And he also built the patio brick by brick. And each summer became a little larger to accommodate more people. Rob's backyard was the favorite place for people to be able to be. It was his favorite place to be. His good buddies gathered there every Friday night, a weekly ritual, rain or shine. Rob loved to grill. Now the girls have been amazing and so patient, giving Tracy all the time she needs to be able to go back into that backyard again. 
But the yard is a mess with overgrown shrubs and trees, some of them dead. And the patio is covered with weeds, a far cry from the manicured yard that Rob kept. It's sad to see. Now, Rob was also one of the biggest Titans fans that we know. A Titans flag draped his coffin. He purchased his PSL tickets moments after being available. And the family spent many great times tailgating and cheering together in the stands. And Rob's home office was filled with Titans pictures and banners and posters. And Rob's garage was his man cave where Titans memorabilia filled the shelves and the walls. And it hung even from the ceiling. Terry says something you have to see with your own eyes to actually believe it. It took several months before Tracy could even go into the garage. But one day she decided to open the garage door. And she did it with God's help. Part of her rebuilding. In her rebuilding, Tracy is also a school teacher and has met another teacher that has become a good friend to her and the girls. Her friend was so overwhelmed when she saw Rob's garage. And Tracy's long friend had a long-time friend who works as a marketing manager for the Titans organization. With her help, the Titans organization partnered with Academy Sports. And they sent landscapers to Tracy's backyard. And they are giving her a new backyard she can be proud of and can enjoy again. I haven't even seen the photos myself. And Terry says, now if that isn't a God thing, then I don't know what it is. A rebuilding experience. God has been with this precious family and is helping Tracy rebuild a new life for her and her girls. God's love is amazing and overwhelming. And Terry says, praise God. That is a story of rebuilding and finishing strong. You see, the thing that really matters for each of us is seeing our wall finished. Whatever it is. And I don't know about you, but I want to finish strong. I want to stay off the side streets and and keep focused. I want to... I want to keep off those streets calling my name that keep me off of task and the things that, that trouble me on the side. I want to stay focused. I want to stay off the sidelines. I want to be in the game. and I want to be faithful to God and what God is trying to do through me. Because we've learned some lessons that whether you learned anything or not, and I hope you learned something over the six weeks. Or maybe the sermon series was just for me. To be able to help me to get myself in the right place and to listen to a leader who could teach me so much. But I learned every week through the fact that rebuilders get started. And the rebuilders build a team spirit. And the rebuilders let go without letting up. And the rebuilders persevere through their difficulties. Rebuilders never cut what they can untie. And rebuilders finish strong. They finish strong. Strong. And the biggest thing that I learned 
which is the core piece that OS was trying to get across to us the whole time. It's never too late for a new beginning. Say it with me. It's never too late for a new beginning. Say it again. It's never too late for a new beginning. For anyone and in anything. That is the lesson that Nehemiah teaches all of us. Amen. And so